Now, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm from Oklahoma. And uh, there are some stereotypes that probably come with being from Oklahoma. One is, I think, that everybody there is a cowboy and lives on a farm or has animals and, you know, whatever. But they do have cities in Oklahoma. It's true. There are city dwellers there. And um, uh, I happen to be a city dweller. But one of the things that I did pick up when I was in Oklahoma is I do enjoy country music. I know, I know some of you think that's horrible. Some of you love it. I mean, I, I even like the old kind of country. Like, I like that twangy stuff. I like it. It's just good. It's like, yeah, come on, let's do it. So, but that's just me. I mean, I'm not saying you have to like that. I know some of you are judging me right now and probably deciding whether or not you want to come back to the church. <laughs> and that's okay. But the second thing I do know that I picked up is that I really enjoy rodeo and I enjoy bull riding in particular. Yeah, so some of you, like, I've never even been. Well, you're missing out. I'm just telling you, you're missing out. And you don't even have to go to, like, a whole rodeo. Like, if you don't want to go to a whole rodeo because you're like, oh, they're going to rope the calves, and that's just mean. Calves get roped, and it's just mean. Look at them. They at least lie there, and they're just, you know, right? So some of you are like, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And that's okay. But, but I tell you, if you've never experienced professional bull riding, like live, I just, I'm just telling you, you have missed out. And most people in cities, they're like, who does that? Right? They're like, and, and it's crazy. Like they come to cities and they throw, you know, these big events with professional bull riding and lots of people show up. Like sometimes people are surprised at how many people actually show up to a bull riding event in a city, but it's, it's pretty significant. And so I actually love to go to bull riding. And I have a picture of my son at one of the, the bull riding events. That's us right there. Look at it. It's so cute. And uh, it's so cute. In the background, there, there you see the, the, the stadium. And then you also see, this was at Scott Trade, but I guess it's called uh, Enterprise now. Is it called Enterprise now? You know, where the Blues just won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, so good. But anyway, so we were there to watch. And, and there was this one bull. I loved his name. It was Chicken on a Chain. Isn't that good? Isn't that a good name? It's like you're the bull rider, and the bull rider's the chicken on the chain. I just, I just love it. Anyway, but I really enjoy bull riding. And, and uh, one of the things that you would discover at a bull riding event are these, there are these guys. Uh, I, there's probably some gals now, but they're usually guys, and they're, they're called rodeo clowns. Have you ever seen these guys? I mean, they entertain you. They do all kinds of things. But one of the things that the rodeo clowns do is they're very, very important. Because what they do is when a bull rider gets bucked off, you know, they actually get in between the rider and the bull. Their job is to distract the bull so that the rider doesn't get mauled or, you know, hammered again because riding the bull is enough pain. You know, so they try their best to get in between. So those guys are crazy. They're just nuts. I mean, I mean, I just, it's, it's pretty amazing what they do. But I kind of want to flip that metaphor today. I want to flip that over a little bit and talk about rodeo clowns. Because, see, I think rodeo clowns are there to distract, get this, they're there to distract the bull. And what I've learned in my life is whether you know it or not, is that there are rodeo clowns that are trying to distract you from the things that God wants you to do. Matter of fact, the Bible says, and it's very clear whether you agree with it or not, that there is a spiritual enemy 
and that spiritual enemy is identified as the devil or Satan, and I know that's sometimes hard for us to get our brain around, but there is a spiritual reality all around us, and that this devil is like a rodeo clown, and he's trying on a regular basis to get us distracted from the things that God wants us to do. Now, I don't know if you know about that. I don't know if you've pressed into that. I don't know if you've done any study around that. But I do know that the rodeo clown's job is to distract us. And I believe that's exactly what the devil is all about, that he wants nothing more than to distract you. And the Bible is pretty clear about that. And I think sometimes in our life, we only live in this physical world and we only see what's in front of us, but we don't realize that there are things underneath that that actually are having an impact on our lives. See, because this is what I know. If the devil can get you distracted, he can get you detoured. If the devil can get you distracted, he can also get you derailed. And anytime he can get you detoured and derailed, he gets you off focus, moving in a direction that maybe you were never intended to go. And that is his goal. He so much wants to make that happen in your life. Because if you're on the right path with God, you will end up in the right destination. Do you know that? Like as long as you're on the path, you're good. It's when you get off the path. Because see, the path always ends in the right place. The God path, the Jesus path always ends in the right place. The question is, is have we allowed ourselves to get detoured, derailed, or distracted and not really be able to move towards the things that God has for us. If you don't believe me, listen to this. This is Paul speaking. Paul was a man of God. He was an apostle. He was a missionary. He was traveling around the world. And there were times that there were things that come, came up against Paul that kept him from being able to fulfill sometimes the things that God wanted. And he talks about that in 1 Thessalonians 2, 18. Listen to this. It'll be on your screens. Watch this. It says... We wanted very much to come to you, Paul said. We tried again and again, but watch this. But Satan, say that, prevented us. Prevented us. Now that word prevented, as you dig in a little bit more and you understand the language a little bit more and the sense of what that word means in the original language, it's basically to cut a ditch. Now, what do you mean by that, cut a ditch? So, in other words, if I'm walking in a particular direction, right, all of a sudden, a ditch gets cut in front of me. And if there's a ditch cut in front of me, what do you do? I mean, you, you, you just, you're like, well, that's a ditch. Huh. I'm going to sit down. Or I'm going to sit here and think about, do I go over it? Because it's a big ditch. It's not like you can't, you know, like... It's not that. It's, it's, so, so, so there's a ditch there, you, and you don't really have any utensils. Utensils? <laughs> Tools. Tools to build yourself a bridge, right? And so you're like, oh, that's a ditch, and I'll, I'll just look at it, I guess. Or what you'll do, you might sit down, or you might think, or, but, or what you'll do is do this. And I guess you'll walk until maybe you don't see the ditch anymore. You see what just happened? Is originally you were going this direction, and, and, and that's the direction that God wanted you. But all of a sudden, a ditch gets cut in front of you, and the next thing you know, you turn to the left, or maybe you turn to the right, and you begin to walk in that direction. And sometimes it's really subtle. Sometimes it's not like this massive, explosive experience. 
It's just that the enemy has gotten you distracted, which is cutting that ditch in front of you. And now you are no longer focused on the things that God wants. He's a rodeo clown trying to get in the way of God's plan and purpose for your life. That's what, he, that's what he's trying to do on a regular basis. And so over the next couple of weeks, uh, really excited about this. It's kind of like my little mini-series within the summer at Elevation. I'm just calling it Rodeo Clowns. And, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that. And, and, uh, but today, I want to specifically focus in on one of the ways or one of the areas that I believe that the enemy tries to distract us. And so the devil's desire is to distract us from our true identity and our purpose that God wants us to fulfill. So, so those two things. In other words, if he can get you distracted on your identity and get you distracted on your purpose, he wins. He wins. You might even be saved, but you're still losing. Does that make sense? You're losing because you're not experiencing the fullness that God wants to give you in your identity and also your activity. And guys, God wants to fulfill you in all of those areas. I think sometimes we forget that. We don't believe that. We don't know that God's interested in making us whole, that God's interested in our vocation. He's interested in the skill sets and the talents that he's put in us, and he wants to make sure those things are used for his glory because, see, you know what happens when you get the identity and the purpose right? You get to experience a full, whole, joy-filled, peace-filled life. And it doesn't mean you won't have distractions or ditches won't be cut in your way. It just simply means that you are on the right track. And when that ditch comes, there's a guy named Jesus that helps you figure out what to do so that you don't get distracted. And so today I want to talk specifically about identity. And I just want to share briefly, if this is okay, I want to share briefly about your identity, about what it means to be a follower of Christ. In other words, when you made that great exchange... And some of you today maybe have never made that great exchange where you've traded in your sin for the grace and the mercy of God, which comes through Jesus Christ. I don't know if you've ever done that, but, but I, I'm going to talk about that a little bit further as we go. So if you feel like you're not in there, we want to help you get in there. But, but, but I do want to talk just briefly about what the Bible says about your identity. Now listen to this. I'm just going to rattle these off, okay? I'm just going to rattle these off. And actually in September, during our 21 days of prayer, because we're going to move 21 days of prayer to September this year and not August, we are going to do 21 days on identity. Like, it's going to be good. I'm telling you. So we are going to unpack this stuff, all right? But I'm going to give you just briefly some things about your identity that you may or may not know. Here it is. Is I am very loved. Did you know that? I'm very loved. I'm accepted. I am righteous. I am adequate. I am victorious. I am free from fear. Come on. I have joy in the Lord. These are all good things, aren't they? This comes from being in a relationship with Jesus. I have been chosen and set apart by God. I am blameless. I have, ooh, watch this. I have authority over Satan. I am content. I am strong in Christ. I have God's wisdom. I am free. So good. I have been adopted by God and I am his child. And I am totally forgiven. Imagine getting a hold of that in your life, that that is what you begin to live out of. It's going to be powerful. 
And also this fall, when I talked about getting free, one of the big pushes we're going to make this fall is we're going to be talking about freedom. Because one of the things on our wall is not just that people would know God, because we want people to know God. That's the first thing on the vision wall. Because we want to see people transformed by Jesus. But that's not just about salvation. That's also about freedom. Because the second thing on the wall is that we find freedom. We find freedom. God not only wants to save you, but he wants to free you as well. From the habits, the hurts, the hang-ups, all the things that you have in your life, he wants to free you from those things in this life. So that you can be the best you can be for his glory. So that more people would come. More people would know God. That's what he wants for you. I don't know if you know that, but we're going to be talking about this fall. It is going to be off the chain like a chicken off the chain. <laughs> See, this is who you are in Christ is what the Bible says. That's, what, that's what's clear in the scripture. And so what I want to do just for a moment, I can't talk about all of these, but I do want to talk about five. Yep, just five, just five of them. I want to talk about five, because I believe that if you get this, if you understand this, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, these things you need to know. You need to know these things about you as you begin to pull back the layers of your identity, because again, the enemy is a rodeo clown, and he is trying to distract you from the identity that God has given you, not something you have to reach for. It's something that is yours. Get this. It's in the bank. That's so good. You just go and make the withdrawal. You don't have to work for it. It's there for you. That's a good news. That's good news. But watch this in Romans 10, 9 through 13. Just listen to these words. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, what does it say? You will be saved. Doesn't say if you work real hard. Doesn't. Doesn't. Verse 10. For it is believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly, look in this word, declaring your faith, declaring your faith that you are saved. Verse 11. Listen. As the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. I love that. He says Jews and Gentiles are the same in this respect. He says they have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. Get this, and then watch this in verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. No additives. No superlatives. No nothing. Just simply, if you call on the name of Jesus, you will, can be saved. And today might be your day. But it's what the scripture says. And so I just want to share a few things from that. Number one is that you, you if you believe in Jesus, are saved. That's what the scripture says. You will be saved. Now, guys, I know sometimes we wrestle with this. Am I really saved? Is it true? Is it too good to be true? If I sinned last night, am I out? You know what I'm talking about? You've had these thoughts. Driving, driving down the road, you flip someone the bird. And you think to yourself, 
Did I just lose it? Some of us have that. I'm telling you. Here's the good news. It has nothing to do with your behavior. The Bible just simply says, if you'll put your faith and trust in Jesus, you will be saved. Guys, that's why it's called good news. And sometimes we come to church and we feel like we hear bad news because the preacher's talking about our behavior. And believe me, I talk about y'all's behavior. Don't you worry about it. But today we're going to talk about God's grace. Because see, it's when we get a hold of the grace and the love of God, the behavior takes care of itself. See, when I truly know who God is, when I love God and, he, and I know He loves me and I experience the joy, I don't want to sin anymore. I just want to be with Him. Now, on my bad days, I want to sin. When I'm hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, sometimes I just want to sin. I want to blow the whole thing up. But I tell you, when I'm in His presence, all I want is more of Him. I want to serve Him. I want to be obedient. I want to do the things He's called me to do. And here, here and, and I'm not picking on anybody, but I do want to say this. You know, back in, like, I used to go to camps a lot, and, and at camps you'd see kids who would hear the altar call, and they'd raise their hands to accept Christ. Maybe they'd even come forward, right? And it was always crazy to me. Like, you'd see the same kids doing it every night. Like, they were doing it every night. You know, it's like, i got to get down there. Right? Because the preacher may be probably feeling bad and they're just like, oh God, I gotta, I know I'm bad. I know I'm bad. Right? And so they go down and they get saved. And, and this is what I want to say to you is you can have assurance of your salvation. Like you really can because it's not based on what you do. It's not based on that. And so often we can't get our brain around that and, and, and we think that somehow I've got to be good and I've got to work for it and I've got to make sure that God says it's okay and, and, and maybe, just maybe, He'll accept me if, if, if I just do it right, you know? And here's the thing. Like, I do this all the time. But at the end of the service, I'll do it today, is ask people to come in and say, look, I want to, I want to accept Christ. And sometimes what happens is I see people doing it over and over and over and over again, and here, 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 let me help you today. I'm not picking on you, I'm helping you. If you've raised your hand and you meant it, come on, you don't need to raise your hand anymore. And the only reason you're raising your hand is you've got some bad theology. And bad theology leads to bad God. And it's so important you get this. And so I'm letting you off the hook today. You're like, whoo, I'm good. I don't ever have to do that again. And so I'm just telling you, if, if some of you, if you keep raising your hand, I'm going to find you. <laughs> and I'm going to talk to you about the love and the grace of God. The fact that you don't have to do that anymore because God loves you already right where you are. Right where you are. And you got to get that devil distraction, that rodeo clown off your back so that you can be free. So that you can be free. And so number two, number two is that you are a new person, the Bible says. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become, listen to this, a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun is what Corinthians say. Do you see that? You're a new person. Sometimes some of your Bibles say new creation. But it says very clearly you are a new person. Not like, and you've heard me say this, not refurbished, you know, not like a new paint job, you know, not like you got the rust taken care of underneath the car. It's that you're a new person because of what Jesus has done for you. Number three, number three, 
is that you are a son or daughter. You are a son or daughter of our heavenly father. We sang that song earlier and I was like, "Woo!" when it's talking about you're a child of God. Then I love that. I love that I'm a child of God. I love that I get to be in his house and that I have a great father. Even if I had a sucky biological father, I have a spiritual father that loves me. And then I get to experience the fullness of sonship. I get to experience what it means to be full and whole and be in his house and, be, and allow the father to just absolutely tell me who I am. This is who you are, son. I'm proud of you. Huh? Isn't it good? Some of you never heard your father say to you that, you were, that he was proud of you. And that creates a hole in a man's life that he will constantly try and fill the rest of his days. Women, let me help you here. One of the best things you can do for your man is to tell him you're proud of him. You don't even have to tell him that you love him. Just tell him you're proud of him. And I tell you what, boy, that'll fill a hole in him that it will just lead to so much goodness. I'm just telling you, I'm just trying to help you. Ladies, I'm helping you. Can you say, thank you, pastor, for that? I appreciate that today. Man, you guys are quiet. Thank you. John 1, 12 says it this way. But to all who believe and accept him, he gave the right to become children of God. Yes. You, it's a right. Like, it's a right. There are not many rights in the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, most of the time when you think I got a right, it's not good. It's usually leading to some kind of pride or rebellion. But here in this particular passage of scripture, it says that you have a right to be called a child of God because of what Jesus has done. My friends, that is good news. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. It's where we get that idea of being reborn. That's what happens. Then listen to this in Galatians 3, 26 and 27. For you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. And I just say to some of you who are saved and you've never been baptized, well, get with it. We got a baptism service coming up soon. We want to help you in that. Take that. Put that on. Put that on. Be, go public with that. Show the world that, man, I am saved. And I want to make sure everybody knows. And number four, number four, is you have a home. Earlier I mentioned that. There's a lot of people wander around this world and they don't really have a home. They might have a family, you know, maybe they don't. But the cool thing about God is that he's your family. And so regardless of you've even lost all of your family, he's still your family. He's your father. He loves you. And I don't know if you know that, but, but what I've found is sometimes what happens is that we, we are given two homes. One is an earthly home and one is an eternal home. The first is the home that you call church. Your home church that you need in your life. You will never be all that God wants you to be without it. You need it. It is a part of the story. God not only wants us to have a vertical relationship, but he wants us to have horizontal relationships because in those horizontal relationships, we can be built up into the people that God wants us to be. And so you need a home church. If you don't have one, here's a good one, I think. So get involved. 
Go to Elevate. Get to know people. Engage yourself. Because look, you're not going to grow if you don't. It's like, am I going to lose weight if I keep eating McDonald's and don't go to the gym? No. You know it. It's not rocket science. It's pretty straightforward. You need a church home. And if you don't have one, find one. Even if you don't like this one, go find another one. Just make sure they teach the Bible. Then the other is that you have eternal home. Your eternal security is secure because of what Jesus has done for you. You get to look forward to that. Someday, even in the trials and all the things that you deal with in life, someday you get to go home. I mean, this week, on Friday, we had a chance to celebrate a member of our church. One of our E-team members passed away. If you don't know Bill, Bill Hillis, he passed away. I literally left for vacation, talked to him before I went. Came back a week later, or 10 days later, and he was gone. My friends, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And you better make sure, you better make sure that you've secured that eternity. Because we all are going to die. We all will turn the page and death will be on that page. It's going to happen. But the good news is, is that we can spend eternity with God. See, the Bible teaches that you will spend eternity with God either uh, in heaven or in hell. And I know that that scares some of us and some people don't even like that word. But it's just a true reality that the Bible teaches. And so I hope, I hope that you figure that out. And so I just have a couple more things to say before we end. I have one more point. But before I do, I want to just specifically talk about how I can stay focused in who I am in Christ. And I'm going to give you two. And I'm telling you, these are game changers that they will help you if you will do them. And you say, Pastor, are you saying I have to do them? Yes. I know, I know, I know. Like, you have to actually do them. Yeah, that's it. That's, just do it. Just do it. Number one is every day. Every day. Every day. Did you say every day? Every day. Every day. Bible reading and prayer. You're like, I can't do that. Lie. Because whatever is keeping you from it, rodeo clown. Distraction. You getting it? Whatever's keeping you from it is a distraction. It's there to make sure that you get cut a ditch and start going this way. And that you're no longer on the path of the tra trajectory that God has for you. Guys, it's serious. It's serious if you ever want to be focused on who you are in Christ and really get that. And guys, go out into the lobby. We have a thing called soap. It'll help you as you study the Bible. There's a big old wall that talks about it. Go find that. Get a journal. Get a reading guide and get after it. Get after it. Throw that rodeo clown down and just begin to walk towards the, the knowledge of God and begin to read his word because you, you are not going to know more about God by reading Fox News. Or even the CNN. Or the MSNBCs. Whatever your political position, you're going to find it in the Word. That's, what you're going to, that's where you're going to hear God. And then number two, number two, you have to make daily declarations of who you are in Christ. Daily declarations. And we're going to be helping you with that over the next couple of months. But I'm really excited. A friend of mine is coming next week. His name is Pastor Josh Hawk. Isn't that a great name? 
Like, Josh Hawk. It's like Tom Hammer. You know what I'm talking about? Isn't that a great last name? I'd be like, people would ask me, like, what's your name? I was like, Hammer. Hammer. So good. Daniel the Hammer. So anyway, so Josh Hawk is going to be here. He pastors a church called Fresh in uh, Nashville. And so I'm really excited that he'll be here. And what he's going to be talking about is declarations. How do we do that? How do we speak the word of God over our lives? How do we declare the promises of God over our lives? And I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it. And you want to invite some friends too, because I promise you it's going to be good. So just encourage you to begin to move towards declaring these kinds of things over your life. I'm very loved. I'm not unlovable. I'm actually very loved. I'm free. I'm not in bondage. Look at that. I'm I'm free from fear. I don't have to be afraid anymore. Isn't that good? These are the kinds of things that we have to declare over our life. We have to begin to speak into those things and watch what God will do as we begin to allow our mind to be conformed to the things of Christ, that I actually begin to think like Jesus. And when my mind starts to think like Jesus, whoo, game changer, game changer. Okay, number five, and we're done. Number five, you have a purpose and a job. Next, not next week, but the week after that, I'm gonna talk about how the rodeo clown keeps us from our purpose and our job. And I want to help you with that because God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And so the two other things that are on that wall out there, the two other things you see is that we want to help you discover your purpose and we want to help you make a difference. Because the moment you find that, the moment you find that, you'll find the significance that you've been looking for. Even Bono will. Some of you are like, what? Did somebody get that reference? I haven't found what I'm looking for. Man, y'all are slow on the uptake this morning. Some of you are like, who's Bono? God help us. Lord, help us. I know, I know. So in the next two weeks, we're going to talk a little bit more about purpose and job. But, but I want to end here. I want to end here and we'll be done. I want to read this passage of scripture too. It's in 2 Corinthians 4.4. Listen to this. Satan, right? The rodeo clown. Who is the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. In other words, there are people in your life, there are friends, family, colleagues, that they literally have had their minds blinded by the rodeo clown with distractions, detours. They've been derailed by all kinds of things. And your job, believer, is to pray that those blinders come off those people because you can't pull them off. But you can pray that that all of a sudden they're going to see what's real. They're going to see the gospel. They're going to see it. And that's your job is to pray for those people. Then watch this. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. They've been distracted. And I hope today that you would begin to pray for the people around you that you know are distracted. They've been blinded. Just begin to pray for them. Don't judge them. 
Don't start with judging them. Start with praying for them. And watch God move. Watch God start to open up opportunities and doors for you to be able to share the gospel with them. I also want to ask you today, as I preached and as I talked about the good news, if maybe just maybe your blinders came off. That maybe something today set you free. That maybe you're like, wow, I see it different now. I used to see it this way. I used to think I had to work for it. I, I don't know what it is. But if that's you, fix it right here. Get it done. Accept it. Just take it. Say, God, thank you. Thank you. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much that your word tells us that we can be saved, not because of what we've done, but because of what you've done on our behalf. And there perhaps are some people in the room today that just need to get this settled. They know that, they're, that, that if they died today, they would spend eternity separated from you. They know that. They're not sure of it. And so today, allow the blinders to come off. Allow the distractions to leave. Allow the detour to, to, to be uh, addressed. Let God put you back on the tracks by simply accepting the gift that he's given to you. And so right now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm not going to point you out, but I do want to give you an opportunity to respond to the gospel. The Bible says what? If you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, he'll come in and he'll save you. And so today could be your day. And so right now, on the count of three, just lift your hand up. Be bold. Just say, I'm in. I want this. Right now, on the count of three, just lift your hand up and I want to say a prayer for you. Right now, one, two, three. Go ahead. God bless you. God bless you. Good. Who else? Anybody else today? Anybody else? Good, good. All right, church, church, we're going to pray together. Everybody's praying together this prayer. Lord Jesus, I need you. My sin separates me from you. I accept the free gift of grace. Be my savior. Be my Lord. Help me, God. Hmm. Change me from the inside out. Show me my future. Show me my purpose. And I commit, my, I commit this day to serve you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those that are making decisions today? It's so good.